everyone. My name is Ari and welcome to Made of Metal, a motivational podcast where we tell stories about regular people overcoming insurmountable odds. I feel so incredibly lucky to have the opportunity to share these stories with you each week. I can't express how grateful I am. The feedback I've received from everyone is so heartwarming. I actually just woke up today and saw that I had another five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So grateful. So this week, I wanted to switch things up and cover a story about a person who didn't necessarily begin their life on the best moral footing. I describe them as an anti-hero. When it came down to the wire, their actions truly revealed the kindness and compassion within the core of their character, which I think is the most important thing. In spite of unsavory and, I mean, repulsive beginnings and moral failings, this person underwent an incredible inner transformation that resulted in outward heroism and courage. Because of this individual's work, More than a thousand people were saved from pure evil and certain death. The facts are that this person acted for the minority against their own interests with substantial losses from mortar peril to financial losses, a guarantee. Admittedly, I've always known the basics of this person's story because I'd watched the film while in English class. And it forever changed my life. It was such an impactful story and incredibly emotional, even for an angsty teen such as myself. (laughs) And yes, I was indeed an angsty teen. I had an orange mohawk at one point. So that should give you all the confirmation you need. (laughs) So I'm super excited to share this story with you. So let's get right into it. This week, we'll be discussing The Defender the dastardly, the deliverer, Oscar Schindler. Oscar Schindler was born April 28, 1908, in Austria-Hungary, which is now considered a part of the Czech Republic, to a German family. Oscar's parents, Hans and Luisa, would have two more children, making Oscar the oldest sibling. Oscar's father owned a factory that built farm machinery, while his mother stayed home to raise the children. Throughout early childhood, while growing up and attending school, Oscar was known for being well-liked and made many friends. Academics weren't a particular strong point, and when it came time to go to college, Oscar decided to forgo coursework for trade school. Around 1928, After dropping out of school and working for his father for a few years, Oscar would meet his future wife. They would quickly be married, and Oscar left working with his father, attempting a variety of different jobs before finally enlisting in the military. When his military service was completed, Oscar returned to his father's business until the company went under due to an economic depression. It's also important to highlight that Number one, Oscar was 20 and his bride was 19, and he was well known for partying, openly having affairs outside of his marriage, and engaging in heavy alcoholism. 
Around the same time as his father's business failed, the Nazi party began to emerge as a political power within the nation. Oscar was a German businessman, and he could see that aligning with the party would benefit him greatly, both socially and financially. He was actually arrested in 1938 for espionage on behalf of the German military and was officially a member of the Nazi party by 1939. When World War II began, recognizing the profits to be made from war, Oscar seized his opportunity, moved to Krakow, and started working in the lucrative black market. Through his black market dealings, Oscar was able to secure important contacts and a reputation of respect amongst the higher-ranking German military officers. It was this networking that helped Oscar obtain the lease of a formerly Jewish-owned factory to manufacture products. Following in the footsteps of his father in terms of business savvy, Oscar was able to win several lucrative contracts with the German military. In order to fulfill his contracts, Oscar had to hire a production staff to work in his factory. Up until this point, Oscar had spent the majority of his life looking for ways to spend more time drinking, philandering, and rubbing shoulders with the worst of humanity, usually for financial gain. In hiring his production staff, Oscar chose Jewish workers simply because they were the cheapest wages in the area. But as the atrocities of the Holocaust began to creep closer to his factory, something within Oscar would fundamentally change. It can't be definitively said exactly what transpired that caused Oscar to pivot his point of view. I'm personally going to guess it was the combination of witnessing the horrible abuse being exacted on the Jewish population, combined with cultivating meaningful relationships with his staff. He worked with them every single day. I'm going to think that this is what fueled his tremendous change of heart. In 1942, more than half of the employees at Oscar's factory were Jewish, and he worked with his accountant, who was also Jewish, to hire even more. It was around this same time that Oscar was quoted after watching a German raid against a Jewish ghetto. Beyond this day, no thinking person could fail to see what would happen. I was now resolved to do everything in my power to defeat the system. In 1943, after the Nazis arrived in Krakow, they began to herd the Jewish population into labor camps. Once Oscar learned that many of his workers were included he made a mad dash to the station where they were being placed on trains to take them to the camps. Through bribing, threatening, and invoking a few of his big-name contacts, Oscar was able to prevent his workers from being taken to the labor camps. It was at this point that historians theorized that Oscar was clearly operating outside of financial interests. It was a bit ambiguous up until this point. Later that same year, a work camp would be established nearby, which was run by a well-known and feared Nazi officer who had made a reputation on being malicious and cruel. Once Oscar became aware of the conditions his workers would be living in, he used his charisma and connections to luxury goods to placate the officer 
and convince him to create a separate camp for his workers, shielding them from the savagery in the main camp. That next year, in 1944, the Nazis were beginning to lose the war and the Russians would be arriving in Krakow shortly to drive them out. With this news, the Nazis moved into action a liquidation plan to essentially send the remaining Jewish population to concentration camps to be executed. Oscar immediately petitioned for his factory to be relocated to his hometown, away from the orders, in order to continue to manufacture goods for the German army. The Germans granted Oscar's request with the condition that he had to make a list of the workers that he would like to travel with him who would be spared from execution. Here is where the famous Schindler's List was created. Reportedly, there were several lists created, but all were prompted by Oscar's initial request to move his workers to the new factory location. It was under this guise that Oscar was able to save over 1,000 Jewish workers. A portion of the workers who arrived weren't even a part of the original group, but joined after learning that Oscar was willing to protect them and give them jobs at his factory. While working at the factory, Oscar even went a step further by instructing the workers to create defective supplies to be given to the German military. So not only was he actually harboring people, but he was also helping the opposition's war efforts with his supplies directly. All throughout the war, Oscar worked hard to protect those around him and used his wealth to bribe or buy the safety of others, eventually ending up in financial ruin. The war was over on May 8th, 1945, and Oscar and his wife had to flee the country the very next day. He was still being pursued for his earlier war crimes and only escaped being caught with the help of the Jewish population. By the help of the Jewish workers in his factory that aided his safe passage, Oscar eventually would safely arrive in Argentina. In Argentina, Oscar would try his hand at farming, which I found ironic, you know, life coming full circle. In 1957, just 12 years after the end of the war, Oscar would declare bankruptcy and returned home to try and rebuild his career. After another failed business attempt, Oscar would then have his life funded and supported by the Jewish population. Through his work in helping to save so many Jewish lives, Oscar was quite well known within the community and regarded as almost a patron saint. This is what supported him for so many years, and the appreciation did not cease upon his death. In 1962, Oscar would be awarded the title of Righteous Gentile, an honor that was bestowed upon him for his humanitarian work. Unfortunately, Oscar Schindler passed away on October 9th, 1974, at the age of 66. Upon his death, Oscar was laid to rest on Mount Zion in Jerusalem, sacred ground only reserved for the most pious within the community. Oscar's story would have gone largely unknown had it not been kept alive within the Jewish community. His story was retold for a 1982 book titled Schindler's Ark, as well as the 1993 release of the movie Schindler's List.
Now, this story was a doozy for me for several reasons. I mean, just trying to really wrap my head around it. Honestly, the pure aspect of humanity and duality within us is incredible. Oscar Schindler was a self-described hedonist and ruthless businessman who left his wife at home to pursue war profits, women, and booze. Oscar Schindler was a proclaimed savior and compassionate Good Samaritan who risked his life and limb in order to save the lives of thousands of Jewish people. The fact that both of these are the same individual is so baffling for me. It's so hard to reconcile. But I can easily say that the ability to love one's fellow man and the ability to take impactful action is a large leap. You know, he could have just said, like, this is bad, this is terrible, but I'm not going to actually take the steps to help. I don't support it, but I'm also not going to purposely hinder it. One requires intention and the other requires grit and courage. I mean, real, real courage beyond what most of us possess. This is what I meant in the beginning when I said when it came down to the wire, Oscar was truly an incredible human being. Though he did pursue war profits, he also went broke, giving those profits away. Though he did join the Nazi party, he dedicated his life to protecting and sheltering Jewish people from Nazi cruelty. And though he did receive a factory through not the best means, he used it to create faulty munitions for the Nazi party and offer safe harbor to the Jewish population. Now, this quote, I love this one purely for the raw emotion you can sense in the words. Oscar wasn't exactly the most academically inclined, but you can tell that he felt strongly about the people he was helping. And that's why I wanted to tell his story, because I wanted to demonstrate that we are human above all. We don't get it all right all the time. But there are instances, there are times in our life where we cannot deny where we are called to make the right decision. And I feel like Oscar was called and he made the right decision. In spite of all of the reasons in which he could have said no, he still did the right thing. And to be able to do the right thing, it's not always easy. The right thing is not always the easiest. And I also wanted to highlight that. So here's the quote. Here's the quote from Oscar. I hated the brutality, the sadism, and the insanity of Nazism. I just couldn't stand by and see people destroyed. I did what I could, what I had to do, what my conscience told me I must do. That's all there is to it. And that truly should be all there is to it. It seems so much simpler for some people. And Oscar was one of those people who really, I would say, cemented the idea for me that duality doesn't define a person. Again, you're allowed to make mistakes, but when it comes down to it of making the right decision, that's where your character really is tested. That's where it really comes into play. And I feel like Oscar really showed his true character. So you can check us out at madeofmetalpodcast.com and you can also follow us at Made of Metal Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. 
So thank you so much to everybody that told a friend, left a review, left a comment. All of it is so appreciated. Please, please, please continue. (laughs) I love word of mouth referrals because I think that they are so much more valuable. And I love connecting with like-minded people. I love connecting with people who I wouldn't usually connect with as well. And I think using this podcast to reach as many people as I can, it's really effective in showing me the broad spectrum of individuals who are interested in this sort of thing. So please, please, please shout it to the mountaintops. (laughs) Share on social media. I'm actually thinking of doing a giveaway to, you know, give you guys some cool stuff. So stay tuned. Tell your friends that I'm cool. No, don't tell them that. Tell them the truth. Tell them the truth. (laughs) So again, my loves, as always, absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for listening. And bloom where you are planted. (laughs) 